Good morning, everyone. My name's Kevin Lagore, and welcome to the uh, Skywatcher USA or Skywatcher North America. Um, what's up, webcast? And this is the final episode of 2020. Um, so, for those of you who've joined us throughout the year, thank you very much for being a part of it. Um, for those of you who are here today, thanks for being a part of it. Um, and of course, uh, we're excited to uh, wrap up the year, as I'm sure many of you are as well. So if you've never joined us for the What's Up webcast, we do this every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. We cover all things astronomy, from what's up in the nighttime sky, to imaging and equipment, um, as well as tips and tricks for viewing, as well as astrophotography. And then we also have special guests on at the end of each month. And, of course, it's the end of the month, it's the end of the year, so we're going to finish it off um, by having my boss on, the, the Lord of Skywatcher here in North America. Uh, Jeff Simon is here with us today, and we're going to talk about Skywatcher in general, you know, how this year has been, and then, you know, we'll see where we're going in next year. So, uh, for those of you who are joining us this morning, thanks for joining us, and I... Uh, without further ado, I'm going to drag Jeff onto the screen here and turn his mic on. Um, so, hello everyone. This is Jeff Simon. Uh, and basically, he is the reason I'm able to do the webcast um, and everything here at Skywatcher. He gives me the permission or not the permission to do what you see us do so uh thanks to jeff for being on this morning so how is it over in california it's fine um i'm i haven't spent a lot of time outside of the four walls of this office since march so everything's fine in here outside it may be a burning trash can but <laughs> you know everything's cool in this hundred square feet there we go <laughs> i think everyone else can actually relate to that at least um so as we as you've seen as we've started off every other episode um and for those who don't know jeff generally is watching every episode we do he normally handles the chat so if you're talking weird stuff in the chat that's who's generally dealing with it so um i try to curb in my my most random thoughts in yes we try to have fun here at Skywatcher. So, um, so as I, what was it? But keep it on topic. Yes, keep it on topic. That might have to be a shirt as Ooh. things get uh, bigger here. Keep it on topic. Um, so as I ask with everybody on the webcast, and I kind of know your history, but those who are watching probably um, don't. Um, some of you have probably met Jeff at NEF or Texas Star Party or AIC. He's generally part of the, the crew when we go to events. So um, some of you probably have met Jeff in person. Um, but for those who haven't, um, how did you get started in the whimsical world of telescopes? Um, well, uh, my first uh, experience with a telescope, uh, my brother got one for Christmas back when we were still both in grade school. It's one of those Sears little 50 millimeter ones had the screw on moon filter and even better, the screw on solar filter because that was safe. Um, but that was, you know, I've always been interested in science. Um, my, my genre of choice for reading and movies is science fiction. 
Uh, I've, you know, I grew up during the, the moon race, uh, which was spectacular. Uh, I, I can still tell you exactly where I was when the moon landing happened. Um, but the way I ended up being in astronomy professionally, um, I've been in advertising uh, pretty much all of my adult career, uh, mostly on the, the B2B side, technical side, a long, a long time doing aerospace, um, airlines and, and manufa airline manufacturing uh, companies. And then, uh, and then one day there was an ad for an art director for Mead Instruments. And that was about 13 years ago. And I am still marketing telescopes 13 years later. If no one's ever, it's really interesting to step into the telescope world. I know there's a ton of people out there who enjoy telescopes. Obviously a lot of you are watching, um, but if you work in the telescope industry, if you talk to anybody who works in the telescope industry, you find out it's a very incestuous industry. A lot of people jump from company to company, not purposefully, but you know, it's a pretty tight knit little bubble. Everyone kind of knows each other. So it's not uncommon for you to have a track record of, I worked here, I worked here, I worked here. I don't know. I don't know many people in the industry who haven't worked for a minimum of two different astronomy companies, if not more. Uh, I mean, uh, Scott Roberts from Explore Scientific, I first started, you know, he was with OPT originally, and then he was with Mead, and now he's with Explore Scientific, and there are other people that have been involved in like five or six different astronomy companies. Before I started in astronomy, I thought that the most incestuous industry was Orange County, California advertising, because it's the same kind of thing. People are just you know, jumping from, from different place to different place and always running into the same people. So, but this is definitely, astronomy is the single most incestuous industry as far as working for different companies that I've experienced. Now, I, I have my experiences. I worked for, I got started at Woodland Hills Camera and that, well, actually I worked for Lunt Solar Systems for a little bit. Uh, then I went to Woodland Hills Camera, and then I am with Skywatcher, and then work with a handful of other people. Yeah, you're a, you're a unique individual. You, I, I will say this for the first time in public, that you were my first hire at Skywatcher, um, and it was basically your vast background with the hobby and the different people in it. It was, it was a no-brainer. I, need, I needed somebody with with product and industry knowledge and you were the brain that I needed so well thank you I have as I've told you before I never had a plan b so astronomy always had to work from the get-go so and it still does so well, you're welcome you're welcome so, um so I know for working from different companies um do you find there's a difference between working at Skywatcher working at previous well I mean you've worked for me but you know different arenas yeah, well, there was, I was working for Mead when, just before Mead hit the wall and crashed and burned. Uh, and so I got to see what, what it was like at the top of its game and, and as it was sliding. Um, and I think there are some companies in, in the industry that keep to themselves. They don't mingle with the other companies. 
and and that's fine if if that's what they want to do. Most of the companies in astronomy are supportive of each other and mingle with each other and talk to each other. It's too small of an industry to, in my opinion, to just you know throw up the throw down the gauntlet and it's like I will destroy you. It's like okay. <laughs> Good on you. You you move with that one. You go ahead. But no, I. Too many people in this industry are too nice to just not be nice to even the people that we compete against in the marketplace, and even in the com competition. I mean, you said the same thing on the show before. It's. I mean, we can either compete head to head and try to kill people, or we can build each other up. It's too small of an industry not to do the latter. So, that's. That's our philosophy here too. If, if we can promote somebody, even if that somebody may uh, have some overlap in the market share, it's like, who, you know, if there's a customer out there that maybe our product isn't the right fit for, but this slightly overlapped product is, well, if, if them having that product over our product is going to keep them in the hobby and, in, and, and explore it even more, then they should then buy that one. It's not going to hurt my feelings at the end of the day, as long as you've got something that you're using and you enjoy. No, and that's, I, I would hope for those watching, you've kind of gotten that feel from the webcast over the year, because we could have easily turned this into basically months of Skywatcher commercials. And believe me, we could have, because we're and really good. The problem is, unless they're really good commercials, you don't want to see them over and over again. You know, this isn't one of our webcast production, this is not a Super Bowl halftime show every week. But we're working on it. We're working on it. One day, we aspire to. I'm going to drive to Indio and pick up a box of sparklers so that we can get... <laughs> but, yeah, ultimately, the webcast has really just been to have fun when we obviously can't go anywhere, but we... That was, that was the entire impetus of it. We were, as the shutdown was happening, and we realized uh, it all happened at the beginning of our fiscal year when we're finalizing our budgets for all of the show, the trade shows, the star parties, um, any any promotional items that we're going to be doing. All of that happens right then, and we were scrambling. It's like, well, if we if we can't go to Neat, if we can't go to any of the star parties, if, if what do we do? How do we stay connected to our our audience, to to our to our customers? And this was the I don't want to say obvious choice, but it kind of was. It's like, we can just throw it out there and let people know that we're still trying to, to stay in touch with you. And so, I mean, it's gonna, it, re it requires a little effort on their part. If there's a show, they have to like come to the show and do that. So the, they have to find the YouTube channel and, and hang out with us if they want. Yeah, we just try to keep it pretty genuine here. And that's kind of how Skywatcher has been the entire time. Jeff and I, and we have a, a third gentleman who works with us, Alex, who some of you have probably met at the shows as well, if you've been around, um, but as well as our extended team. Uh, but, you know, we, we ultimately, whatever our experience levels are in astronomy within our little team is... Fundamentally, we all actually care about your experience at the end of the day and that you're actually having fun with it. And yeah, I, I get it that maybe, you know, Skywatcher is where you're going to end up and that's going to be 
your your main telescope for years or maybe you're only here for a short amount of time like but we appreciate you being our customer for whatever amount of time that you are here with but there are plenty of other people to and jump on jump back to your original topic about um when we first started and some of the some of the reaction we got i mean we actually got some pushback internally it's like well what you're gonna have guests on that aren't promoting your product it's like well yeah <laughs> this is this is more informational than anything else it's you know so we so far we've had uh Vic morris on and um other you know other dealers other other vendors um and we're going to continue to do that um for the most part i think i mean it again a rising tide rises all boats i would so as long as we're promoting astronomy in general because we're an astronomy company we should benefit as well mm -hmm. yeah exactly so we, we try to just keep it pretty genuine you know as yeah. as long as you guys are enjoying it awesome we enjoy having you along for the ride um and hopefully we'll see you guys in person at future events um yeah. as like, the world I, I, I think even with once things start opening up again now that the vaccine is out and the shows start happening again i think that i i kind of like this presentation i i'd like to continue with it and see where it goes um there's a little more control than you know being in a trade show uh so yeah i think I think we will continue with this. And one of the, to touch back on on what we were talking about, like we just we've been brainstorming the 2021 uh, season, the episodes, and and the topics that we want to cover. And for the most part, it's just like, well, what do you want to hear about? You were just sitting around on a Friday morning, interested in astronomy. What what about this? What about this? So it's not like we have some grand plan with the webcast and like i mean of course global domination is our ultimate goal and and this is going to be our propaganda wing but everything starts small you know that is actually our internal goal world domination if um none of you have global domination with a lighter touch there you go that's our internal tagline so minimal uh, waterboarding we like having fun you know it's if you ever come to a star party and hung out with us, it's it's pretty laid back. You know, even Neef, um, some of you might not have seen. Uh, we made a rocket out of one of our telescope tubes a couple of years ago, and we still have it. We brought that to Neef. Um, we've randomly had telescopes that we probably should have just sold, but signed with tons of people's names on it. So it's just, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. But, you know. That was an Esprit 120? Yeah, I think it's on display at Cloudbreak Optics right now. It is, and I've I've got pictures of the whole thing after it was signed. If you signed that telescope, uh, send us a send us a, a, a note saying, "Yeah, I, I remember signing your telescope and what your signature looks like," because we we managed to figure out eighty percent of the signatures on the telescope after the fact. But there's a few. It's like I have no idea who that is. Yeah, it's and basically like, turned into a. It's basically a modern day Rosetta Stone. Yeah. To translate all this stuff. A thousand years from now, like, oh, these must have been the elders of their civilization. It's like, well, yes, some of us were old. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of transitions, because I think 
we've we've been dealing with it. Maybe other people don't. But 2020 has been a really bizarre year for the telescope world. I didn't know if you could kind of give people a little bit more insider, no numbers or anything, but kind of well, what I, we've been dealing with. It really has. It's been it has been an exercise in in opposites. So back in January, the beginning of the year, uh, we first the world first starts hearing about. COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, and it hits China first. So we are getting, way back then, we're getting reports from our factory about how it's affecting them even, even then. I mean, they were there at the very beginning of the situation that we're in now. So they were just starting lockdowns and, and that type of thing. So I think the general uh, opinion was that once that was over in China, everything was going to be generally fine, and then it started spreading. So with the lockdown, the thing, the thing that none of us anticipated or saw coming was a combination of people staying at home, socially distant, and stimulus money. All of a sudden, astronomy was the hobby designed for social distancing. You know, you're out in a field as far away from people and cities as you can possibly get in the dark with the sky. You don't really need other people around for that. And then you get a little extra stimulus money. That's great. I mean, if for a lot of people, this has been a horrible situation and, and I do not want to, to um, indicate in any way that, that, that we don't know that. But specifically for the astronomy industry, it's been um, a boon. We're, we, everybody that I know in the industry, not just us, everybody is backordered for at least the next couple, three months, because first the supply chain in China was affected, then shipping was affected, and then there's all of the orders that were unexpected on top of everything else. It was like the perfect storm of overtaxing the supply chain for the astronomy market. So even now, the factories are still being affected from the original um, uh, effects of, of the pandemic for just getting raw materials to make to make the glass, to make the tubes, to make the focus. You know, all of the components require the raw materials. The raw materials are at, all the way back at the beginning of the supply chain has been affected by this. Yeah, so for those watching and I, I wanted to say astronomers have been social distancing since before it was cool essentially <laughs> that's right we were the hipsters of social distancing yes <laughs> when it was underground oh that's as an aside we now have a t-shirt shop a threadless shop that we just launched the other day a, a little late for christmas i apologize but one of i think that's going to be one of the new t-shirt designs the hipsters of astronomy we go yeah either that or it's going to be my next band name <laughs> we should have we have like a file of like horrible band names that <laughs> yes they they are horrible and glorious at the same time but yeah for those with wanting to know more about 2020 you basically had the you had the supply chain and the demand are they always kind of ride with each other but then the supply chain went down and the demand went up like way up um so trying to and it, it, we've had a lot of people call who are upset that 
and a lot of people have had this across where they're like they don't want to hear about COVID anymore. They, you know, it's an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's actually like a thing. And all the companies are trying really hard to get inventory. Uh, get inventory to where they want it to be. It's not like anybody's doing it on purpose because we would much rather have stock normally. But yeah, well, I mean, uh, our entire our entire existence is precedent on on selling products. So if we don't have any product to sell, that's a problem. Yeah, so it's it's been a this year's been a lot like Christmas and 2017 eclipse all wrapped into one, back to back to back, which. For the industry's health has actually been really good it's it made astronomy like front page we had mars we had an amazing comet and we're just about to start a crazy once in a lifetime conjunction so it's been quite a year for astronomy just here in north america but they've also had the eclipse that just happened in uh, south america so there's been a lot of stuff bringing astronomy to light um and then of course, you've got SpaceX uh, doing stuff that's exciting people, and um, there's sample missions that are for Japan that are coming back, and uh, NASA's got stuff. So that last SpaceX landing, I mean, it it landed exactly where it was supposed to, and then the added entertainment value of a fireball immediately afterwards. I mean, Elon Musk knows how to entertain his people. The bang, <laughs> a big big bang. But um, ultimately. If you're looking for equipment right now, just be patient. If you're not patient, you really pick the wrong hobby anyway. Yeah. Um, really? Honestly, people, that light's been coming for hundreds of millions of light years, some of it. It's still going to be there in a week. And we understand the frustration. We absolutely do. I mean, we're dealing with people on a, on a daily basis. And it's, if there was anything, if I could swim over and drag a container back, I would. I would drown in the process, but that's how dedicated I am. It's it's just that there's everybody throughout the supply chain is doing everything that they can. You know, and we're still we're maintaining CDC guidelines uh, in the in our our part of that chain. So there's the whole thing is a diminished bandwidth of getting things through, um, and probably I. February, March, April, I think we're going to start seeing a uh, relief on that. So, yeah, we have stuff coming in like EQ6Rs right now. You can actually get you're actually in stock with EQ6Rs. I I say that now with the caveat that you know, while supplies last, kind of thing. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so if you're looking for equipment right now. Please be patient with whoever you're working with. Please be understanding. This is not a normal year. No one wants to be in this position. But on the flip side, this has been exceedingly good for our hobby long term. Well, and that's the thing that's that's actually exciting to, to watch. We've been having long conversations about, okay, so we've, we've grown the hobby a little bit during this situation because people have nothing else to do. How many of those people who have either re-found the hobby or found the hobby for the first time are going to stick around. There's no way of knowing. This is unprecedented. So just moving forward, we get to examine and observe and see what the answer to that is. I think well, it'll be very similar answer to where in five to 10 years, 
we're going to be at events. And right now, you talk to people, it's like, how'd you get started in astronomy? And generally, it's the space race, or I got inspired by Apollo, or whatever. That's generally kind of the major answer for things. I could expect to hear five to ten years from now, I got started during the COVID pandemic. That's just going to be yeah. a surge. Yeah, well, there's some people, it's like, oh, I got back into it because of a conjunction, or there was an eclipse, or, you know, there's some event. You know, uh, the, the Mars opposition, a bunch of people got back into it at, when that happened. So, yeah, I mean, this is what we're dealing with right now is basically the popularity of all of those events happening at once and the world saying, yeah, but you can't have any. <laughs> so, you don't deserve good things. You don't get <laughs> no soup for you. Yes, exactly. Um, so. Jeff and I have been working for Skywatcher for seven years? Eight years in April. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, so, how, from your perspective, how has Skywatcher changed from 2012, 2013 when we jumped on to now? Um, the biggest change is probably um, the the global branding. Um, we've been trying, we've been working very hard from the very beginning. Um, you know, Skywatcher is, is kind of little, at, at the time, sorry, they're, they're little fiefdoms. You know, there's, there's the UK and Europe and there's Asia and there's Italy, and, which is part of Europe, but they have their own uh, distributor. So there's areas with different distributors that have been basically doing their own thing. But since we started, I, my background, again, is in advertising, marketing, and brand. So I saw that there was a lack of cohesion uh, in the worldwide uh, voice of Skywatcher. So one of the things that we've been working on since, since I started is building a cohesive voice. Who is Skywatcher? What is Skywatcher trying to accomplish and how are we trying to do it? So that's, that's probably the biggest thing. That the, the, the most visible part of that is the, the green color on the products and on the collateral that's kind of tying everything together. So yeah, that the color scheme. There was, you know, there was an outcry at the beginning. It's like, how dare you? It's like it's a color. And usually you're using this at night. So <laughs> I'm not sure how much of an impact it's gonna make. But it does make an impact on the perception of the product and the company. If you can recognize immediately. The product, even if you're, even if the forebrain isn't kicking, go, oh, that's a Skywalker product. In the in the back of your brain, in your lizard brain, somewhere there's a lizard going, oh, that's a Skywalker product. So, that's, if you ever go to an event and you walk the field and you see orange, you know that restaurant. Or if it's blue, you know it's mead. Or if yellow is generally explore scientific or National Geographic, which again is explore scientific. So, yeah, and then. At the beginning of this whole process, there was a big, it's like, we should be red. It's like, no, every, if you go on, if you do a couple of Google searches for astronomy products and you just look at the image results, the amount of red, you can be, you can have red as your signature color, but that signature is being co-opted by any number of different companies. So you can use it, but you can't own it. Yeah, red is William Optics, Lunt Solar System, Software Bisque, Prima Luce, um, I 
Attic has a lot of nice red cameras. Espig uses red on their cameras. So yeah. um, that's a pretty big list. Not that it, red looks great, anodized. It just it doesn't have that signature like, oh, that's that. So. Yeah, there, it needed to be, there, there were a list of uh, criteria. It needed to, it, you need to be able to anodize it onto the product. Uh, it needed to be a PMS color that could convert into four color process exactly. Needed to be bright enough to show up against uh, black and dark colors. It needed to be light enough uh, to show up against, um, well, not light enough and bright enough to show up against dark colors. It needed to be um, be able to show up against dark colors because basically the, the palette for Skywatcher has always been black, white, and all of the shades of grays in between. So that that color, whatever that color was going to be, needed to show up against all of that. So it took, I mean, there was there were a list of criteria and a lot of suggestions that fell to the wayside because they didn't meet all of the criteria. Yeah, we green was the one that stood out the most. That's why we chose green. Um, we talked about purple. Purple would be too dark. It's incredibly hard to anodize. Well, and it's um, also incredibly hard to keep the right shade of, of purple on a four-color press. So if you're doing an ad or or product sheets or some something that's printed on a four color press, a little shift in cyan or a little shift in magenta, and those are hard to keep spot on. And suddenly you've got a whole different shade of purple. So yeah, that's a, that's an art director thing. So that was that was why it was important. But if you ever wanted to know why green, and yeah, we yeah. had some people freak out about it at first, but we have a lot of people who now really like it. And if you've never seen one of our anodized uh, plates or anything in person it actually actually looks pretty good when it's in person so and and when everybody's inoculated and and back out in the field you can come to one of the trade shows or star parties that we're at and see it for yourself you guys should have seen the original ones they were painted green oh, and it was horrible so <laughs> yeah never see the light of day again so. no 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 they've been buried deep and far and without any kind of markings yes <laughs> um so now that we've kind of talked about how skywatcher has changed i know we spent a ton of time where do you see us going in the next couple of years well um so our primary consideration is skywatcher north america for that uh we recently um originally we were just handling the united states now we're handling the u.s and canada as far as um, the, the marketing side of it. Um, I just want to get, the one thing that we've been seeing in the US is constant growth. And I think that's because of uh, awareness. We've been doing a lot more advertising. We've been, again, we're at the shows. Uh, when we first started, Skywatcher in North America, uh, in Canada, it had a, a, a little more uh, of a higher profile, but in the US, it was just kind of like an also ran. You know? Nobody knew what it was or what the quality was like. And because they were priced at kind of a, a bargain price, people just assumed that they were they were worth what we were charging for them as opposed to what they were worth. So getting in there and and making people aware of the of the brand that it just that Skywatcher exists, and then building on top of that, okay, so Skywatcher exists and what do they make? What's the quality of what they do? What's their focus? Um, and so we've been building on that. Uh, the other thing that we want to build on uh, is the customer support. Um, 
Kevin is in charge of customer support. He does a great job, um, but there's a lot going on. Uh, so one of the things that we want to do moving forward, one of the things we're working on right now are how-to videos. So that if, especially all people, it's like our, a video version of frequently asked questions. It's like, well, how do I polar align this? Well, here's a link to the video. Here, it's like a three-minute video. It will tell you everything that you need to know. So we're putting together a series of those. It's going to take, you know, it's a, a production schedule. So it's going to take some time, but that's one of the things uh, that one of the projects that's high on the list of to get done. Yeah, that's, and that's just internally here in our marketing region. Like Jeff said, we only handle the US and Canada. So beyond that region, it's the regional distributors and stuff like that as well. Um, We've also but, been talking, I mean, we don't, we don't exist in a vacuum either. We talk to other distributors on a regular basis, you know, and we talk about, um, we do. We talk about the market. We talk about the branding. We talk about product rollout, so that it's becoming more of a. So that when we release the product, it doesn't just dribble out region by region. It becomes a global event. Here's like here's this new mount that we're coming out with. It's awesome, and it's everywhere today. Yes. Instead of oh well, this this mount came out, and here's somebody in Australia that posted about it, and then here's somebody in Germany that posted about it, and then, oh. Somebody in Canada posts about it, and it and it just kind of people become aware of it over time. It doesn't really give it the kind of a lot of the products that we've been launching lately have got some really cool things, and and not talking about them at the loudest voice that we can just doesn't do the product justice. So so those are the kind of things that we're going to be spending more time on, unifying Skywatcher globally and building the brand. Those are the big things moving forward. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody wants to know product-wise. Um, there's always well, stuff in the works. Um, as part of our global uh, domination initiative, uh, our next product is going to be a line of tanks. I know it's a, it's a departure for us, but uh, as far as the end goal, it's right in line. There we go. <laughs> so if you see uh, uh, tanks painted in PMS 361 green, you know it's a Skywatcher tank. Skywatcher army. <laughs> For those no, watching I, and aren't good at sarcasm, that was a joke. So. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, moving forward, we're always working on new products. The factory and the engineers, as you know, Kevin is involved with um, uh, the product development side uh, because he is an astronomer, because he is out there all the time. Uh, he's always testing new product. He's always out doing, you know, doing astronomy that's aside from helping everybody that's what he does and as an avid astronomer your input to the product development process is invaluable you know it's one thing an engineer designing in a vacuum is not going to develop the same product that an engineer in conjunction with somebody that uses this gear all the time that combination of, of brains is what is going to bring about a better product. And that's what we've been doing this entire time. Yeah. Uh, when, when people ask about a company moving forward in our line of work, a lot of times they're referring to product. Um, but there's a lot more that comes to advancing a company rather than just 
the products. And like Jeff said, that's the the marketing side right there. So that's just one major branch of how things are done. And of course, this year with 2020, we've kind of learned, you know, there are holes that could be addressed when handling large influxes of support. So we look at how to streamline support, make that better and more effective. And then, of course, the, the one side that a lot of people want to see is the products. And I can tell you there's a lot of and It's going to be bigger, badder technology, crazier optical designs. You know, there's at least three mounts that I know that are actively in development right now that I can't... Yeah tell you anything about um and yes i did sign an nda so but one, but one of the other things about this whole the, the plague situation the coronavirus situation is it has put a serious stress on all of our systems and as a result i mean okay this sucks we're finding all of these these areas in our in our supply chain and in, in our ability to deliver things where without this amount of stress on it, we would not have been able to identify some of the weaknesses. So it's given us a chance to identify some weaknesses and do things to address them. But we're also finding these weaknesses, these weaknesses and addressing them in the middle of what's causing all of the stress on the system in the first place. So it's, it, it's an unprecedented situation. That I, it's the same term you've heard millions of people use since the beginning of this, but it is, and um, I'm I'm really looking for this to be over, <laughs> so that we can we can actually plan with the uh, with some with some um, confidence in what to expect. Um, I think some people have probably you know we did our our new product uh, announcement. Um, in around April during the Neve time frame, and then we've just did a more recent one. Um, so I know some people have asked, it's like, you know, where's the new Heritage 150? That got delayed because of COVID issues. So um, we were hoping to have that by, would have been a great holiday scope, but it just wasn't going to land. So that's pushed into next year. Um, you can pre-order them, but you're going to wait. Or our new, like, Evo Lux 62 and 82 that, you know, we showed, um, those got delayed for the same reason. So it's, the new products are also coming. It just, it kind of depends on where and how hard it was to get stuff. Like the new focal reducers for the Esprits, we'll have those next month. Um, our new universal dovetail plates. They're on their way too. So there's new products that are coming, but some of the bigger, more elaborate stuff, unfortunately, got shoved. So hopefully, yeah. some cool stuff it's next pretty year. Pretty forward, just not as quickly as we had hoped. And everyone's in that same boat. It's it's not just us because you have to think it's it's not a company just saying, oh, we can't do it. It's no, everybody's riding full cylinder, full power on everything. It's just. Not a huge industry, so we're big, but we're not like Apple. So, well, you know, it's people. I, I, there's a couple people that I've talked to myself that have, you know, it's like, well, we understand that, you know, there's a there's problems because when we walk through the the grocery store, there's no toilet paper on the shelves. Like, 
toilet paper is one of the largest industries there is. Do you know how many billions of dollars people spend on toilet paper? And if that industry can't keep stuff on the shelves, believe me, astronomy is a fraction, a, like a per percentage of 1% of that industry. And if they can't keep stuff on the shelves, it's amazing that we're doing as well as we are. But it's I, the toilet paper indicator. If you yeah. can't find toilet paper, you're not going to find anything else. This <laughs> is true. Anyway, but, let's talk about something that's not COVID related. Yeah, so I, I think ultimately 2021, you guys will see some of the new products we've been working on. We've got a couple. We're really, they're all really exciting, but um, there's some really cool stuff in the works. Um, so Skywatcher is always looking to advance and play with new technologies and stuff like that. So I think you'll see some of that drip into the new products that are coming out. Um, that'll yeah, be big. Wi-Fi wi is the, the huge new thing that ever, you know, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Can I get, can I get my mount to link up with my phone? And more and more often that answer is yes. And for those older mounts that, uh, I mean, all, all of the Skywatcher go-to mounts with a handbox port can now be controlled with your phone because we've got the Wi-Fi dongle that you can just plug in. So that's that's been a big thing that's been happening over the last few years. Uh, one of the things I like about Skywatcher in particular is um, the product development. Um, without going into specifics, there are some high-end products being developed and there are some lower end products being developed like the heritage 150 it's you know it's a 150 millimeter collapsible tabletop daub it's not motorized it's not computerized but it's a perfect beginner scope i mean 150 millimeters that's this you know that's a serious aperture anything with triple digits you know that's as long as the optics are decent and these are you're going to have a decent view and it's a great way to learn the sky. I mean, I think, Kevin, that's how you learn the sky, right? Just, yeah, with a basic little scope. Yeah, just, just star hopping. So, so we're developing on that end. There is a lot more uh, of the, not beginner, but lower end products, you know, less expensive, not something that you're gonna be using for astrophotography, but then we have the whole other end of, of the spectrum. You know, like we just over the last year launched the EQ8R, um, which is definitely not a beginner scope. It's it's not, well, I was going to say it's not very portable, but you know, if you're big and beefy, it could be. Um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so, and then, you know, that we released the Solar Quest at the beginning of all of this as well. Um, and solar is really interesting and that we may be doing other things there i don't know <laughs> but you know that's there's a lot of uh ah any chance for an eight inch schmidt, schmidt cassegrain we probably will not as a sky watcher pursue schmidt cassegrain there's already a, a number of them out there uh mead and celestron that's kind of their bread and butter there's a few generic uh, Schmidt Cassegrains out there that um, different dealers put their own uh, logo on. Um, so we've been doing pretty well uh, without going the Schmidt Cassegrain route. We've got the Maxitovs, if you want something with the meniscus, um, and those are selling very well. Uh, oh, uh, anyway, 
so we're probably the answer to the any Schmidt Cassegrains for Skywatcher in the immediate future, I would say are not going to happen. Maybe 10, 20 years down the road, but right now we have enough going on with the optical designs that we do manufacture um, that adding another one right now doesn't make sense. Yeah, we have other fully covered by other companies. We have other designs that we're interested in besides the Schmidt. Um, so the Schmidt's pretty well handled. If we do come out with something in that range, it's probably going to be a completely different thing than what's currently available. It's Not a Ritchie be, or a Schmidt. It's going to be some mongrel optical design that people are like, I'm actually looking forward to some exotic thing that nobody's ever seen. And, and, and the only reason for it is because I could. <laughs> it's like you ever gonna use it for anything no it's like so how many we're gonna manufacture this one just this one just this one <laughs> okay um there was another question there are there any new dobs coming um other than the little heritage 150 um, um nothing uh kind of uh there is we are close enough to this uh we've got the the virtuoso mount is um, popular. It's a, another tabletop uh, mount. Has comes with a different variety of smaller OTAs, uh, and it is a go-to and you know, computerized mount. But the the user interface on it has been challenging. It's not really easy to use as it exists right now. So that is being updated and will be out soon. So on. You can look forward to the tabletop dobs being refreshed. As far as any new, the larger standard or go-to dobs, um, the only thing that you might see is we discontinued the 14 and 16 flex tube, the collapsible manual dobs a few years ago. Uh, I may consider bringing those back in, but as but other than that, I don't. I don't think that there's a lot going on on the Dob side right now. Not the moment. Um, uh, next one here, I'll probably answer this one. Does Skywatcher have its own factory? Does it share facilities? It shares facilities. So Cinta uh, is the company in, in China that owns us outright. So Skywatcher, if it's a Skywatcher product, it's made by that Cinta factory. Um, that Cinta factory also makes product for Celestron and for other uh distributors and dealers that put their own logos on it but we are in fact skywatcher is the house brand for the sense factory a big factory mind it's you really big factory it, for a while it had its own golf course in the back <laughs> yeah it's not there anymore so yeah um this one uh what is coming next year on the webcast um if you missed last week's What's coming up in 2021? We had a whole 45 minute webcast on what we're doing next year. So if you missed that, uh, go back and watch it. But we'll have plenty of special guests on. We're going to do very similar to what we did this year. And hopefully, if the pandemic levels out, we'd like to do some on site um, ones where maybe we go to an observatory and talk about that observatory from that area, or for just as an example. But if you want to see the whole thing, that was last week's episode of a, What's Coming Up. I'm very excited about uh, this whole coming year for the webcast. We've got, without spoiling anything or giving away any names, there are some world-class uh, special guests that 
we we're going to have on um, people that we've met during our travels to star parties, some who have rendered me speechless just meeting them. So, uh, and that's hard to do. Me being speechless, anybody that knows me, that's not a condition that I'm usually in. So, so yeah, there. Keep an eye out. It's you know. The production value that you see here is pretty much going to be the same thing casual conversations casual presentations um just basically hanging out with us on a friday morning talking about astronomy so that part isn't going to change um yeah if if the vaccines get rolled out and we can get out there and start doing uh live uh events from location that will be exciting as well there's probably going to be some technical uh, aspects of it we need to figure out. But yeah, so there are some there are some things coming up in the next few months that uh, are pretty exciting. So stay tuned. Um, fun. <laughs> um, next one, I'll answer the is it possible to have a tri peer for the EQ6R? Um, I'll ask the factory and see if that's possible. It's kind of a cool idea. But at the moment, um, nothing, nothing on the horizon at the moment. Uh, I see this one question coming in. What is your technical opinion on EV scope? Uh, for people that aren't aware, EV scope has been a Kickstarter scope that's been going on for a while. Uh, it relies on live stacking. Um, it's it's kind of so. What's my opinion of, of of what it is? I'm not excited about it. So you're looking through an eyepiece at a video screen that's stacking in 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 real time which we've done before there we used to do um events at um a place called the plain wave brewing uh wavelength yeah and thank you wavelength sorry plain wave, wavelength. um and we would have telescopes out on the sidewalk in front of this place but one of the telescopes would be attached to like a big monitor inside the brewery so people could see the images again stacking in real time um which makes more sense you know putting it up on a 50 inch screen to look at it than to put it on essentially an led the size of something on the back of your camera and then looking through an eyepiece at it it seems like a lot of work to look at a small screen I like the idea of I like the idea of stacking in real time because there's I mean, there's anybody that's done any visual observing versus astrophotography, you know that looking at a nebula, uh, even even with a 12 or 14 inch scope, a lot of times it's just a smudge. But with astrophotography or stacking in real time, you get a real idea of what this thing looks like. So that part is exciting. The way they're going about it, it's interesting and and new ish um i don't know i just don't know if it's going to be worth the money at in the end of the process it all comes down to the experience that you want to have um I, yeah. as someone who does outreach i think they're kind of neat for what they are as long as you go into it knowing what they what you're getting yeah. the experience you're getting well and it's like i said at the beginning it's it's not one of ours and that's fine if this is what works for you if this is what gets you out of the house and under the stars and looking at the sky and enjoying the universe i'm all for it you know it's like it's interesting and you know the it looks great it's a wonderful design the industrial design is beautiful 
But um, again, yeah, if it gets you out of the house and this is the perfect scope for you, go ahead. I just, I think it's kind of, I think it's a weird kind of hybrid situation. But again, if it works for you, cool. I, I think right now when it comes to the EV scopes, um, a lot of it's going to come to be highly competitive in the major market. The price has to come way down. It's kind of like when Tesla came out. Cars were really expensive. They still are really expensive, but now they have the Model 3 and, you know, these other ones coming out. So it's becoming more affordable. So they're, it's definitely something that I think is going to come more into the market. But well, And you can't put a price on being able to sleep in your car during your morning commute. Yes, this is true. So, <laughs> so. But that's, I think the EV scopes and similar ones, they definitely have a place within the market. Um, I just don't know how they'll be received when it comes to the more uh, technical crowd. That I think, I think the more experienced astronomers will think that they're a cute novelty. And, and some people will describe it that way. Other people, it's like, it's the best thing I ever had. I take it with me hiking all the time. It's small, it fits in my backpack, it fits in my car. I keep it in my car in case I'm going camping. So again, it just depends on what your what you're planning to get out of the hobby. And yeah. if, that, if that delivers for you, then then use that. What other questions do we have here? Uh, there was one here about the AZ GTI. For the AZ GTI, can you make an upgraded version with real time, high accuracy, dual encoders, so Freedom Find works smoothly? Um, so when it comes to these little mounts like the AZ GTI, um, you can pack a ton of technology inside of them, but every time you put new fancy gadgets in them, the price yeah. goes up. So yes. what I wouldn't say the problem with mass production, like what Skywatcher and the other big names do is a problem. It's just when you're developing a product in our part of the industry is we want to build a product that works well, it's got good technology, but you need to balance that out with price. Um, so not cheap or garbage or anything like that, but there's a balance between where you, the product it, needs to realistically land with what comes in it. Well, and it, you need to be able to look at the price point. If if this is available for this amount of money and we pack, if we pack the AGDTI with all of the technology that we could at the same footprint, it's going to cost the same as like an EQ6R with a fraction of the payload capacity. I mean, at that point, you might as well just spend the money and get the bigger mount. Yeah. Um, so there are, you know, there are designs, um, there are designs that, uh, Sorry, I just got distracted in the brain. What was I talking about? <laughs> Back in the AZ GTI with more oh, advanced right. features. So the AZ GTI fits a certain niche and a certain price point. Are we going to develop bigger, better versions of that? Probably. I mean, it's a popular, it's a very popular mount right now. Um, and it does a lot. And people like the functionality. They'd like the functionality on a bigger mount. So, I mean, we have that functionality on bigger mounts, but Right now we've got it on this size and we've got it at this size. So there's this entire range in the middle where that functionality isn't happening. So I think it's safe to say that you can look forward to us filling that niche. Yeah, this takes time and 2020 kind of threw a wrench in everything. So a lot of stuff we were hoping 
would and be faster. There, there are some things coming that people have been asking for for a while that will probably be introduced this year. So, you know, it's it's a process that I mean, from the beginning of the year, it's like, can't you guys make something that does this? I'm like, oh, let's take a look at it. There's the whole, just the thinking about it. And then there's the designing it. And then there's the sourcing it. And then there's the actual manufacturing of it. The, the whole process takes a while. Um, so, so yeah, be patient. We have things coming and I think you will be appreciative of what, of what we've been working on. Yeah, so we've always got new stuff uh, in the works, so. Wait, so uh, I, did, I do see a question here. Can you add white t-shirts to the Threadless shop? And the answer is yes, we can. And we're working. Currently, the designs that are up there are designed to work against uh, black or dark gray, which is what we've got them assigned to right now. We can change that. Uh, I just need to adjust some of the artwork. And yes, I am the one adjusting that artwork. That's, I just want you guys to know, just because I've got this really cool title, I still have to work. It, I, I don't understand the rules, but evidently I need to do things to earn my salary. But yes, we are doing that. It's uh, We just wanted to get what we had up as quickly as possible. Um, and now, and yes, we will be having designs adjusted so that they work on white and lighter colors as well. We're almost done. Um, let's see, is there any oh, others? That, that went fast. <laughs> I told you an hour goes really quick on here, especially when all we do is talk. So, but if there's anything we missed that you guys want us to take a look at, you can always email us at support at skywatcherusa.com. Um, if you like the webcast and you want to stay up with what's, you know, coming up, because we're about, um, oh, real quick, this is the last episode of 2020. So there is no webcast for the next two weeks because uh, we will be closed for the Christmas holiday and well as well as the New Year's holiday. So there is no webcast for the next two weeks. So hey boss, blame the guy that did the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, if you do like the webcast, go ahead and subscribe because we are about to post the January episodes um, or the the banners for the episode so you'll get the email from youtube saying there's new episodes coming out so we'll be posting those here shortly um our next episode is january 8th i believe that's correct friday january 8th should be the first one. yes january 8th is the first episode of 2021 so uh definitely come back and join us um but i would add here i would add here if um if you guys have any ideas that for topics that you want to see covered, you can either send them to support at Skywatcher USA. Kevin monitors that email address, so he'll just put in the subject line, what's up webcast. But also, if you want to interact with us through our Facebook page, we're you know, we check on that constantly every day uh, and interact with people on, on that channel. So there are different ways that you can interact with us. Um, that's probably one of the, the easiest ones. Yes, exactly. So there's a couple different ways to get a hold of us. Um, you can always call too, but the phones have been really busy because um, everything going on in the holidays. So if you have tried to call, as long as you have a voicemail, we will get back to you. Uh, email works really well. Uh, but yeah. So I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the What's Up webcast this year. It's been a little, uh, a lot of fun doing it, especially because it was just something that we kind of 
threw out into the wind and it seems to have stuck. Um, so we will be continuing that into 2021. If you want to know more about what's coming, you can check out the previous episode um, as well as uh, subscribe to the channel because then you're going to get the updates when we start posting uh, the schedule here shortly as well. So um, but for everybody who's been along for the ride, thank you very much. And we all wish you a happy holiday and a safe New Year's. And um, here's to 2021 yeah. being better. <laughs> yeah, here's to a much, much better 2021. Um, yeah, and we do, we absolutely appreciate uh, everybody that's part of the Skywatcher family for lack of a better term. I mean, if you owe Sky Watcher product or if you're just an astronomer and and you have the same philosophy that we do that anybody in astronomy deserves uh, an extra boost, you, then continue hanging out with us. Show up on Friday mornings and, uh, and be part of the conversation. So what with that, that pretty much wraps up our hour. Um, thanks to Jeff for um, coming on today and talking with us. We'll probably do this, have you on again. I'm, next year. Yeah, next, next year. <laughs> Just be our wrap up for the year. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm the guy they bring in for Sweeps Week. <laughs> sweeps Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, thanks very much for watching. Um, we're going to close it up. Uh, have a safe holiday season, and we'll see you on January 8th. Uh, take care, and uh, happy holidays to everybody. Bye, everybody.